give me a moment's peace and take out the trash. We pay taxes for people to come and take the garbage. Hey, listen, Greeny, no more sneaking rides to the junkyard. Yeah, man, take a taxi when you want to go to the junkyard. Hello and welcome to Hot Trash Unlimited, the show where me, Caleb, and me, Joe, joined by our special guest, me, Alex, sit down and have our season finale of the COVID sessions. Uh, theaters are going to open up uh, well, hopefully at the end of the month. Yeah, theoretically. Not by the too, time by the time sure. this episode airs, they'll be back. Yeah, theoretically soon. But I mean, we can hold on to this episode for however long we want. And for the season finale, I want to sit down and watch what I consider to be the definitive hot trash movie. That's Joe, a strong word, but <laughs> actually, Joe, I ask you this every week, Alex. Yes, what, Caleb. What did we watch this week? We watched uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Their powers are legendary. Their origins are unknown. Their methods are extreme. But when our future's at stake, they'll be the world's last hope. LXG, the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, also known as what was what was the alternate title? The Team of Unique Men. The (laughs) Team of Unique Men. The true live die repeat situation for this movie. I guess we have to get out the uh, get out the elephant of the room immediately. This is not a new movie. Was this extraordinary? Oh, I thought that in a way we're talking about different elephants. (laughs) In a way, I would say so. Yeah, this is a new movie. This came out in two thousand three, but it's so good. That's a word. In a way, (laughs) I would not describe this movie. Okay, Joe, do your best. What's the plot of this movie? I'm glad well, you asked him because I don't know how to describe it. <laughs> it's, it's 1899 as the movie reminds us multiple times, but not later on. There's some inconsistencies with Only the location. Only for about a third. Yeah, like, maybe half. Yeah, yeah. the first yeah. third of the generous. title cards. <laughs> and the first war, uh, World War is uh, being started a little early. There's a few discrepancies in the timeline. And uh, it's by the mysterious... Uh, Orchestral fan or no operatic phantom, <laughs> not the phantom of the not opera, the phantom of the, the opera. operatic phantom, an operatic phantom with an F, with an F, phantom with Don't an F. Forget the and so this guy goes around. He's recruiting uh, unique men, as it were, famous literary characters, some way more famous than others. Okay, so on the on this team, to stop the world war. Yeah, on this team we have Alan Quartermain who. Doesn't matter anymore because we have Indiana Jones. <laughs> Honestly, like I get maybe they do more with Alan Quartermain over in Britain, but like here in America, we improved on everything and we have Indiana Jones now. As we do in everything American. <laughs> Amen, brother. We got Captain Nemo yes. from uh, 10,000 Leagues Under the Sea and Moby Dick. Arguably, he's not Moby Dick. Ishmael's in Moby Dick. Oh. Um, he's just in oh, 10,000 gosh. Leagues. Possibly the most. But he is in. No. Okay. Possibly having never read either of those books. One's, one's a Jules Verne book. One's a whoever wrote Moby Dick. Okay. Anyway, Moby Dick, <laughs> Mr. Moby Dick himself. Then Henry Melville, invisible guy, right? 
Skinner, yes, Skinner. the Invisible well, Man. We do I, will, see... I was thinking about this in the bathroom after the movie. The movie had ended literally three minutes before, and I already forgot everyone's <laughs> name. <laughs> <laughs> we do meet M before that. M is the one organizing all of mm-hmm. this. Then, yeah, we get Invisible Man. Not the Invisible Man from the book. This is someone who, who took, stole the potion. Yeah, which is how it is in the comics. So... That's one thing. This this gets right from the source material. Arguably, here, Captain Nemo are the more, most accurate to both their literary and their comic book counterparts. Although you can't be literarily accurate with Skinner because he's not a character. Then we get Mina. Yeah. Who is not Dracula. She is. But is Dracula. She is the wife of Jonathan Hardnick or Hardick who is the main character for the first half of Dracula. And then she works with Van Helsing and some other people to kill Dracula. She is not a scientist. She is not a vampire. (laughs) Of which she is both in this. She's just a person. Hey guys, this is editing Caleb jumping in real quick just to correct something I said. So first off, I said it was like Mina Hardick. It's Mina Harker, a much simpler name than I came up with while recording this, which is slightly embarrassing. But what's slightly more embarrassing is I say she's not a vampire, which is a little oversimplifying it. So in the novel, Dracula, you know, with the vampire named Dracula, she does get bit by Dracula. Uh, He feeds her some of his blood and she becomes vampiric. However, uh, I don't think, and it has been a minute since I've read the novel, but I don't think she turns fully vampiric. Um, But Van Helsing uses her connection to Dracula to hunt him down. And when they do kill him, she is healed of the curse. So, at this point in the storyline, she should not be a vampire, and she isn't in the comics, or at least I'm pretty sure she isn't. But as this whole explanation uh, has shown, I don't always remember things that well that I read years ago. So, you know, Mina's cooler in the comic book and in Dracula than she is here. That's what we can really take away from this. Uh, Back to the episode. And uh, Dorian Dorian, Gray. They go to Dorian Gray's house. Uh, who, surprise, surprise, these are not accurate to the book. <laughs> he, if he looks at his picture in this, he disintegrates, which is, okay, sure. I mean, most of the book is him looking at the picture, but fine, okay. Which, why would he have it hung up on his wall? He doesn't. He, at some point he did. There was dust around it. Yeah, I no, he said know. it, right? Yeah. He said he had it hanging, right? He said he had it. Yeah. Why would you have it at the top of the staircase where you would have to look up at it as you're walking up the stairs. <laughs> so every time he walks up these stairs, he just he looks just... at his feet. <laughs> <laughs> well, he needs For the a... audio listeners. We are covering our eyes as we do that. <laughs> well, he needs it there so that uh, Alan Quarterman can comment on it. And then we get uh, Tom Sawyer. Uh, once again, secret agent Tom Sawyer. <laughs> FBI secret agent Tom Sawyer. Just a cowboy. <laughs> Yeehaw. <laughs> And then we get Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Yeah. Uh, and, you know. In this, Bruce Banner and the Incredible Hulk. Yeah. Why Why not make Mr. Hyde the size of a building? <laughs> you did forget about the best character, though. The Automobile. <laughs> and, and Captain Ishmael. And yeah. Captain Ishmael. First mate, Captain Ishmael. One of these matters Captain, more than first the mate other, Ishmael. Though. There are other literary references scattered in. There's a dumb one to Around the World in 80 Days. Oh, yeah. It's this man. That one was so forced. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, that yeah. one was so ridiculously forced. Around the World in 80 Days. Mm, I don't this think person. so. <laughs> and the Phantom isn't. Oh, how operatic. <laughs> <laughs> I think my favorite thing. We're just going to spoil it from here on out. I think my favorite thing is obviously all these characters are wildly different from their source material, 
But M is both M, the Phantom, and, and Moriarty. Moriarty, and arguably does not resemble <laughs> any of those. He has a mask for when he's the Phantom. That's all you need. Yeah. Granted, the scarred face no is organ. makeup, right? But yeah, there's no organ. <laughs> so he has to put there's on no the makeup opera. and then put on the mask. This is a movie of plot twists. Everything is a plot twist. And none of them matter. This is a movie that you should not watch for the plot. I think everything in the plot makes sense. I think because everything you see in this movie pays off in some way. However, that Chekhov's doesn't... Chekhov's movie. Yeah, it is Chekhov's <laughs> movie. But that doesn't make it good. This is a movie you just need to sit back and let the absurdity wash over you. And by God, is it absurd. So, so wonderfully absurd. Friends, what was the most absurd moment in this wonderful movie? Oh, oh, I already know my answer. The uh, the submarine going through Venice really <laughs> I cannot express how much I loved that. The I shape think. of that submarine changes so much because even to get into the, the, source of the ocean. <laughs> it's like Cloud's gonna put him on it, put it on his back or something. <laughs> but like even to get into the docks when they first see it, like it would have had to know navigate other ships and stuff and it's like the size of a city yeah and then it just rises and keeps rising out of the ocean um mine also has to do with venice it's the entire it's not a car chase there's nothing chasing them it's the car just going they're literally sorry the automobile (laughs) automobile they're literally just driving through the like entryway of one building the entire time and multiple pillars yeah. <laughs> and Tom Sawyer, how does he know how to drive this thing? Well, you see down here in America, we've already had these automobiles for, for, five, for five years at this point. It's like driving the tractor on the farm back home. <laughs> I, man, there's so much about this movie that, you, you, that I find absurd. absurd. Okay, good. But I think the most absurd thing to me, and it happens early on and it just sets the tone. And I know I made a big deal of this when we watched it. But the bazooka that has a spring, <laughs> there's a spring-loaded a bazooka. <laughs> that they don't use. There's no point for the spring to be there. No. But you know what? I love it. That just shows <laughs> that that shows what the whole movie's going to be. It's going to be stupid, uncool flourishes of style with no point. The dude getting flattened by the... Uh the dude getting Looney Tunes flattened by the tank at the very beginning is pretty fun. The tank, That's pretty great. The tank is also up there just because they are not behaving like normal people would. Normal people see that, they'd probably run away. This These people, they're in just... in front of it for like 30 seconds. Oh, yeah, oh. and they're running down the street banging with their clubs. I'm like, you're not going to do anything. This is metal. You know what metal is. The 20th Century Fox logo existing in a time before the 20th century. <laughs> that was fun. I like that. I like the fade. They were just getting ready no to make those movies. That makes movies. no sense at all. Uh, the transformation of Dr. Jekyll. Every single time. Where it's just a bunch of flashes and then slightly sped up. So what did y'all think about the wonderful action scenes? Uh, wonderful, you say. I, well, they I were, call them extraordinary. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say they're unique. <laughs> I mean, they were... They were weird action scenes. I don't know what to say. The one at the end was horrible because there was just like a million things going on. Every cut that happened in the library that first story in Gray's house where pages everywhere. <laughs> After like the initial like plot stuff, it goes to recruiting Quartermain in Africa. And there he has a fight scene in like his little lodge that he's staying in. And it's fun because it's him. Little is a... Big Lodge Ace. Pretty big Lodge. Um, and it's him versus these three guys. And it's it's a fist fight. There's some guns. It's stilted old man Sean Connery. Yeah. Her! 
But it's fun. And like, I think it's on par with like the mummy or the mummy returns and slapstick goofy action. Like mm. he traps a dude with a table. He, <laughs> the he rams a guy into a rhino horn hung on the wall. And then we do get like a matrix X bullet time with him sniping down this one guy. But then once everyone else is introduced, it's constantly, Oh no, we have so many characters that we have to pay have attention to. to. All Let's of just them. throw everyone against the wall. I don't care which <laughs> wall. I don't care where it is. Just it's in the library. They also have to introduce everyone's powers. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's it's even more confusing. At the end, they have all of the all of the reverse people. So they have reverse Mr. Hyde, <laughs> reverse Skinner. Abomination and uh the dude's brother from Invisible Man. <laughs> Also, Skinner was horribly burned. I just forgot about that. You could like see the burns on his skin and then he was fine. Yeah. <laughs> Is that really where we're starting with the logical problems of this movie? You can also see what he's drinking. <laughs> that is true. I saw, I see, I actually like that though. But it where brings does it up stop? way more where questions. Where does it stop? <laughs> <laughs> but I do like that. What, are there any characters that stood out to you no. that you enjoyed? No. Ishmael. <laughs> No, <laughs> I as a like kid. genuinely enjoyed. No, because <laughs> I had fun with everyone. <laughs> Mina's acting. <laughs> Mina is pretty Dorian. So uh, I've only read a bit of the comic book. I've read the first two volumes. Uh, she is the best character in them. She leads the team. She's not a vampire or a scientist. She's just someone who's very good at like getting together people to go up against supernatural threats. People with extraordinary powers. Yeah. But unique men. Honestly, I am so baffled by every decision they make in this movie with her. Why do they make her a vampire? Why do they, why is she not the leader of the team? Why do they curl and then uncurl her hair? <laughs> and matter of a scene. Oh and, yeah. No, she was unconscious. But most importantly, I can accept all of this. But why did they pick that actress? She is so bad. <laughs> And this is a movie full of bad actors. I would say that Sean Connery is good in the way that Sean Connery is being Sean Connery. Mm. Right. And then Skinner is, I think he's fine. Oh, what was that? I would actually go Captain Nemo's also good. Save was, your bullets. These men are mine. Right after, mine. Right after Dorian. Dorian. Save your bullets. These men are mine. <laughs> So, like, no one in the cast is good, but her and Dorian Gray are especially awful. The two ones yeah. who have, like, the plot relevance to each other where they, I guess they're former lovers. Well, he got to nail her one more time. Um, yeah, not, I didn't think it'd be literally. What's the, the one-liners in this movie? What's the worst line in that scene? Because that scene just escalates that one's with pretty that, bad. One, that one's probably it for me. It does end with probably the worst. Although I also like he's she stabs him in the crotch and then he goes, if that wasn't permanent, I'd be very upset. <laughs> but they also don't show that it's the crotch. You have to infer that it was the crotch. Yes, but everything we know it's in that in the scene lower is sexual window. I like oh, man. as a kid, I liked Skinner. His makeup's so I don't goofy. Know why. Like sometimes oh, it's just, it, he's just a CG man. And then the rest of the time, Oh, I finished putting it on the rest of my head, so I'm a real guy. Sometimes I love it when it's the just his neck. face and it's floating. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty impressive effect. It kind of is, actually. Yeah, mainly when you compare it to Doctor Jekyll. Mister Hyde, weirdly enough, got better throughout the movie for me. I don't know if it's because I grew numb or they weren't. I don't know. Well, okay, towards the end, you saw 
the worst thing that you can possibly see in the movie. Abomination. <laughs> and so when you have that standing next to him, <laughs> he looks pretty good. I'd say his face looks but, good too, like throughout the entire movie. Hyde? Yeah. Yeah. I also think I'd some of so. that is I think the beginning. I think they mix practical and CGI. Yeah, that. I think it's fairly obvious that they do. Like those transformation sequences, like to, at a certain point, become practical. But yeah, then once you get to the reverse Jekyll and Hyde, who is a character who they introduce in the finale, and they have to do so much legwork where it's like, I have to run in here and give him this, and then I have to look gleefully while I shoot, just to make sense. That I would chug the Doctor Hyde. Potion. No, he doesn't chug it. He pours it on his face. None of that goes in his mouth. It turns into he probably like, had three ounces that actually went down his throat. How would you describe? Since we are in an audio medium, how would you describe Reverse Mister Hyde to people? Hey, have you seen the Incredible Hulk 2008 starring Ed Norton? You remember Abomination? Now, what if one of his arms was way bigger and he had a baby arm for the other one? And still tiny legs. Have you played Arkham Asylum? You remember the final boss in that? <laughs> yep. <laughs> I stand by it. I think, weirdly enough, maybe it's the textures, maybe it's the fingers. He looks like the bad guys from Scooby-Doo. Yeah, no, the I saw jackals, that too. Yeah. I saw it in the face, mostly. His face, what did it make me think of? It made me think of something where I was like, it, well, I mean, we, we kept saying it was a Titan from Attack on Titan. That's yeah, what it was. Yeah. It was because he had like the buzz cut. That's still there when he's a monstrosity. It's like how when Thunderbolt Ross turns into the, uh, whichever version of the Hulk he Red turns Hulk. into, uh, it keeps the mustache. Yeah. Is there anything in this that y'all found good? Or at least liked on a non-ironic level? And it's fine if you say mm. no. <laughs> on a non-ironic level? Yeah, I got nothing. Man, I'm trying. No. <laughs> That's perfectly fine. I think I think there are two things in this. I'll go three. I, I like the design of not necessarily the model of the Nautilus that you see going around, but the car and the inside of the Nautilus. Some of the tech there is yeah. cool. I think Captain Nemo is genuinely trying his darndest at all points. He sure is. And he has the least terrible dialogue. <laughs> He's the most serious. Yeah. yeah. They don't give him any one-liners. That's the main thing. <laughs> then Sean Connery has one line at the end while he lays dying. And I'm like, oh, you're delivering this like you would in a good movie. That reminds me of good movies you were in. <laughs> They're surprisingly far and few between. Yeah, I'd say all that's pretty fair. Do you think uh, Sean Connery was wise uh, when he decided that after this movie came out, he should retire from acting? No, because uh, they no. teased a sequel. I want League of Extraordinary Gentlemen 2. Do you know how much I would pay to see League of Extraordinary Gentlemen 2? Honestly, I would too. The average movie ticket. But <laughs> maybe slightly more. Quite possibly two, because I might see it twice. One month of Regal Unlimited. Uh, Beagle Unlimited. Sorry, Beagle Sh Time Limited. There are two movies that will get me back to theaters. New Mutants and League of Extraordinary Children 2. And Tenet. Oh, God. I just realized with Tenet moving, that means I'll probably push New Mutants back again. My I'm life sorry. Will constantly be unfulfilled. Caleb's going to have a full sleeve. It went from just like a tattoo right here. It's going to be a full sleeve of all the dates just like crossed out. Now, throw your minds back to 2003. Uh, we were six. When we were six. Yeah. I was seven. Y'all were six. I was six, yes. Yeah. But imagine we were slightly older. The movies that we had come out, we would have had X-Men and Spider-Man by then. We would have had the Matrix and the Star Wars prequels. And that's in that like era of blockbusters. How do you think this holds up? Uh, this is comparable to Star Wars prequels in terms of effects. <laughs> oh, come on. The Star really, Wars prequels look so clones. much better. 
At certain moments. They're at least lit better. Yeah, yeah. And it's the lighting that really throws all this off. This is, oh, it's so gray. And it's, the lighting is so harsh. It's. Yeah. <laughs> Every time they're in a city or like a building, it's just gray everywhere. Nothing gray can black. have color. Nothing. <laughs> it's gray, then white because they're on the Nautilus, then white because they're in the Arctic. When they're in the, when they're in the house, it's nice. When they're in Dorian's house, it's nicer. Yeah, but then it turns white because of all the pages flying everywhere. (laughs) I think this actually is elevated by watching it post Avengers. Because I think you see... (laughs) Well, keep the comparison going. See where the cinematic universe could have gone. (laughs) What would the Avengers of this movie be? (laughs) Well, I think you see how much of a mess this movie is. In comparison to Avengers, because like Avengers also has to bring up all these characters. They also have a Hulk character who's on a, you know, enclosed space and they don't want him to go wild and all this stuff. They also have like these characters who have uh, past histories with themselves and they all have reputations. But this just feels like this mirror universe where it's like, this is what happened instead of Avengers. Like obviously it did. <laughs> this preceded Avengers. Nine years. Yeah, by nine years. But it's like this walked so Avengers could run. <laughs> Being being like super pre this this crawled tried to get up and fell flat on its face so Avengers could run. See, I think now that we have seen the formula done better, you know, we still we still have only got one example of a good team movie out there, like superhero team. How movie. dare you? Suicide Squad exists. We have two examples. <laughs> <laughs> we have two examples of a good superhero team movie out there, but now that we see what a good one's like it makes the bad parts of this just shine even brighter like little tiny diamonds in king solomon's mind i don't know what they got in king solomon's <laughs> mind i've never read the book because no one cares about alan quartermain are, are why you, is he the main character are you okay what just happened to you <laughs> it's a weird thing where it's like i do genuinely like this and i i watched this before the comic mm-hmm. but i also but the comics also how really are the good. comics weirdly pervy but also Pretty good. Okay. Like, Mina's Mina's a pretty like solid character. I like what they do with Quartermain and Nemo and stuff. Because they what the what they do is they really lean into like what would these characters be like post novel. So Quartermain is just an alcoholic who's like burnt out and stuff. Captain Nemo like is coming to terms with the fact that he's done some really shady stuff in the past. Mm-hmm. Nina is basically doing this kind of to catch the high of Dracula is really interesting. I mean, it's an Alan Moore book. It's going to be like at the very least good. Yeah. Yeah. And like he continued it into the modern day. He can't use the characters obviously from the modern day, uh-huh. but he has like analogs for like Harry Potter and stuff. It's a really good idea that he carried well and he was able to not make it a pastiche like in here. Like he doesn't have like this guy got around the world in 80 days. (laughs) A phantom isn't that operatic. (laughs) But also like as much as I I admire the comic, this is so much more fun. (laughs) (laughs) To a point. To a point. Okay, because I've been asking questions based off of my enjoyment of this movie. But what are, like, the worst parts about it to you guys? Uh, we were still in the first act for, like, a solid 45 minutes. They have to have an inciting incident for I mean, I character. know, I it's, know, no, but... I agree, it's bad. The way they handle it, it's bad. Like, 
knock it down to 90 minutes, I think it gets a lot more bearable. At 110, though, man. And then also we're in the third act. I didn't realize we were there. There was a part where it just felt really slow. I don't remember which part. I think it was when they were on the boat, It's though. sporadic. It is, it is like, a little well, bit sporadic. But at the same time, I was also like, like, it's both slow and it's going by faster than I thought it would. It's it's a it's, it's a, odd. Um, it's a new driver who's learning how to use the gas and the brake in a like a parking lot with all the cones and they're yeah. like, Ugh. and he's not he, quite crashing no but he's, he's kind of throwing it around he's a hit a couple bit. of the traffic cones at this point and okay it's like he's revving the guy he's like oh oh god and then he slows down <laughs> and then you speed up for like another couple seconds i get what you mean though because yeah. like after after they get hide there is a good amount of just character scenes before they get to venice mm-hmm. but all those scenes are short but there are so many of them yeah yeah they're so all like, right next to each other the character development feels very long yeah. But it's just, it goes by like, oh, now we're with Dorian. Now we're with Alan Quartermain. Now we're finding out that Captain Nemo worships Kali Ma. <laughs> it's the one thing that doesn't have a payoff, but I'm fine with it. What about you, Alex? Wait, I, were, I thought you were just joking about that. That was a. Uh... No, he says this is Kali. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I missed that part. Yeah. I ain't going to lie. I didn't pay attention to much of the dialogue. Me too. <laughs> really, really don't need to. I think, uh... you know. Genuinely good things about this movie. I do think they they don't waste anything. Everything gets paid off. But also, like, I think from a visual perspective, you can follow this without having to know the plot, even though the plot is way too complicated. It's so predictable, too. I called him being the bad guy, like, from that first scene. <laughs> yep, he's, he's clearly yeah. the bad guy. Is he M, or is he the Phantom, or is he Moriarty? Or is he someone else because Moriarty died and I was reborn that day? So is it hot trash? Uh. The answer is yes. I, it's been a while yeah. since I was yeah. on this. How do you define hot trash again? Oh, it's kind of a vague term. Um, no, I would I say... I can't remember if it was intentional or not. I would no. say... like Completely it's, it's, unintentional. It's never going to be intentional from the directors. Usually. Oh, no, Satanic Panic existed. True. I also think that... It is hot trash, but that's also like... It gets pretty close to being good. I don't remember how we rated it. It was hot trash. But it's something where it is enjoyably bad. It takes itself seriously but the filmmaking doesn't necessarily do that. So oh, okay. Like, so like in Ready or Not, the characters take the situation seriously, mm-hmm. but the filmmaking knows it's kind of goofy. Yeah. That helps. Well, I'd say, yeah, it's hot trash. I love this movie. I would not love hot trash movies if it was not for this <laughs> it one. Wasn't for this <laughs> Honestly, it's probably this one. And then like Adam West Batman, even though I wouldn't say that's hot trash, that's just kind of, I was about to say, that's just kind of the tone of it. (laughs) But, but that kind of set me up to be like, Oh cool. We don't have to take these like big goofy. Not everything. Yeah. Yeah. Goofy is fun. Yeah. But this, this did kind of like one time I realized that, Oh wait, people don't like this movie and I had to reassess it. And so I (laughs) rewatched it because Sean Connery's career. Oh, it's like, I saw it as a kid and I liked it as a kid because I was a child. And I was wondering how you liked it as a kid. Yeah. And I saw it on TV and then I rewatched it later and I'm like, wait, no, this is fun and it is bad. And those two can exist in the (laughs) same realm. This is, this is like I said at the top, this is the definitive hot trash movie. Oh, Outside, there's a there's a funeral mm. outside, and there's a stereotypical African witch doctor, and oh, uh, Tom Sawyer put a gun on a grave. Hey, no, is, no. The, is the dirt moving? The dirt moved. <laughs> the dirt moved. I have to go outside and see what this is about. Joe, can you wrap up the episode? I hope by the next time that we 
record. The theaters are open. Pandemic will still be a thing, but you know, I hope new movies are coming out and we can continue this. I hope New Mutants is the next thing on the list after this. Sorry, I just got back from the funeral. New Mutants <laughs> is not a Tot Trash movie. How it, dare we you? We will be recording it on the podcast. We will be Hot recording day. it How on dare the podcast. you? I have a veto left. I have one veto. Our year's almost up. <laughs> Wait, but your your veto is to just not watch the movie. No, it's not to record. Yeah, I am going to be. I'm going. Oh, no, no, really? no. The veto is not. The veto is to not watch the, the movie. The veto is different, sir. We have to mutually agree on not recording. Sir, I remember when y'all made this <laughs> podcast, okay, and I do remember that that was the term of the agreement. <laughs> okay, I will watch New Mutants. I mean, obviously, I will watch New Mutants. <laughs> I will probably watch, leave, get a ticket, and go back in, but. <laughs> I do not agree with your decision. I will respect it as your co-host, but (laughs) under duress.